back like we never left. You guys already know what it is. It's Double it's Move time. Sports. I'm Steph Albiero. I'm here with Alex Lott. Say what's up to the people. Steph, I don't think I can express how grateful I am to be here today because we were having some major, <laughs> major technical difficulties before the show, having some, some microphone issues, but hey, we, we, got we it. made it. We made it, and we're about to bring the heat on this mock draft. So uh, let's go. I'm super hyped. I cannot wait to beat you once again. Look, we're in we're in the midst of camp right now, and the headlines are just insane. Some of these hype trains I'm seeing, Dante Pettis is about to be the 101, it feels like. <laughs> Everyone's fading TJ Hawkinson. Like, I'm just trying not to overreact to this stuff. But, guys, we're running a PPR 12-team mock draft. You guys already know what it is. It's the, the tried-and-true cookie-cutter fantasy league. Let's go. Yeah, this is going to be full PPR. It is quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, a tight end, a flex, defense, and bench. So we're going to do random draft positions. The draft is loading right now, and it looks like I got the 102, and Steph got the 111. So drafting on opposite ends here, we're going to see two very different strategies play out. Interesting. I, I don't like the late picks this year, but we'll have to make do. Beggars can't be choosers. I would much rather have the 102. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like McCaffrey did go number one. I thought, who knows, maybe I'll get lucky here. And this will be like the one time out of the thousand simulations that Barkley went one overall, but it was not. So I'm going to just lock it in. Saquon, he's the clear 102 for me this year. It's McCaffrey, it's Saquon, and then decisions start getting made at the 103. So I'm just going to go ahead and lock in my stud RB1, and I am feeling great about how this thing is going so far. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's got to feel great. We'll see who falls to me here. Uh, it looks like Miles Sanders might still be there. Let me see who's on the board. After you took Saquon, it was yep. Zeke, Michael Thomas, Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Clyde edwards Alaire at the 108. How do you feel about that? I think it's right where he should be. I think he's right in there in that tier. I mean, this is full PPR. He's behind Derrick Henry. I might even take him in front of Derrick Henry. In Whoa. It's funny. It's Henry, CEH, Jacobs, Eckler. So it's like a pass catcher sandwiched in between two guys that don't really catch passes and then Eckler who catches passes there at the 110. And if I'm in this range, especially with CEH, he's going to get work on the ground. He's going to be involved through the air. I think he's he's right where he should Dude, be. Uh, Miles Sanders, it's like the, the rubber has met the road on Miles Sanders. I'm all in. I really am. It's Peterson's officially come out and said he's the guy. He said, Miles, get ready for a big workload. And so with that said, I am going to pull the trigger on Miles. Sanders not considering here. Adams here. No, I'm not. For but sure the RB scarcity, we've it, talked time and time again. You know, that value over you know the other opportunities that are there is just so much higher for running back. The value over Steph, a streamer with running back is also larger. Only one receiver is off the board here. Imagine if all 10 picks in front of you would have been running backs. Would you consider Michael Thomas at the one? I, I honestly probably would. I'd have to see which of those running backs is there. Uh, but I was fortunate enough. I'm going to pull the trigger on Sanders here. Drake was there as well. So I would have been okay with him there. We've talked about him a lot. Same with Joe Mixon. Uh, so we would have seen. After I took Sanders, it was Aaron Jones and Adams. So I was kind of hoping Adams would fall to me at the 202. But now that means I can go running back, running back. You're getting two stud running backs. I'm jealous. Yeah, now the, the <laughs> this gets really interesting. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. You know you're not getting any of them. So you can be candid here. You don't have to hide any of your picks. Would you go Kenyon Drake or Joe Mixon? I'm kind of rising on Mixon, but you know I love Drake. 
Steph, they are back-to-back -back in my rankings at number seven and number eight, separated by one point. So, honestly, it just depends what mood you're in, man. Like, <laughs> I think both have a ton of upside this season. Both are going to be involved in the passing game as well. It's narrative street all over the place right now, but Drake did come out and say that the Cardinals are planning on using him a little bit more in the passing game. I don't know if that's going to influence your decision here, but you can't really go wrong. I, I you know, Burrow should elevate that Bengals offense. I think Mixon is going to be awesome as well. If it were me, just how I'm feeling right now, I think I'd go with Joe Mixon. Um, but there's not really a bad pick you can make here between the two. Yeah, I'm feeling the same way you are. I am going to pull the trigger on Mixon here, and it's only because here's here's what the tiebreaker is. Because you love Joe Burrow. Well, that's part of it. That's part of it. But Joe Mixon <laughs> doesn't have Chase Edmonds right there behind him, and he's also he's, he's on nobody. a team where there's. They didn't draft a running back. I believe it was in the fourth round, maybe even a little bit later with Eno Benjamin. So I'm just going to take the more. I think he was a seventh round pick, oh, maybe but still, later. they drafted somebody. They, they, they drafted, drafted Eno. I'm, obviously, he's not going to be fantasy relevant, but let's. I'm going to pull the trigger on Joe Mixon here and feel really good with the Sanders-Mixon double RB combo to start off my draft. That feels Sheesh. fantastic. After Joe Mixon, we saw DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Kenyon Drake at the 205. Tyreek Hill, Nick Chubb, Patty Mahomes at the 208, Chris Godwin, and George Kittle. So here I am at the 211, and if I wanted to go running back, running back, I'd be looking at Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell here. None of them really stand out to me. I think a month ago, if you had asked me, I'd probably go with Todd Gurley and lock it in, but some of the reports about that knee serve as Walking just enough a of a tiebreaker for me to where I'm going to lean the other way. I mean, Lamar Jackson and Kelsey are here it's as well. I'm considering Kelsey at the back of the second. I was saying earlier in the offseason, if he's there mid-second, I'd start to consider it. At the back of the second, I think he's a great value, especially when there's receivers on the board I really like. There's you know two picks before me, and Allen Robinson and Kenny G are both still on the board. I'd love to get either of them. So I'm going to roll the dice here and hope that both A-Rob and Kenny G don't go in between me. And I'm going to take take the plunge here and draft the tight end in Travis Kelsey. Interesting, interesting. And right after you, it was it was Lamar Jackson. It was crazy to see Mahomes and Kittle go before Kelsey and Jackson. So you know maybe for the sake of you know making a simulated draft, more like a real draft, we could swap those there. But can't blame me too much for going Kelsey there. I like him back of the second. And now you don't have to worry about tight end, really, for, for most of the season. Uh, and then it was Kenny, Kenny Galladay after Lamar went right after you. So now back to you with the 302. Uh, who are you looking at here? Is, is it going to be Allen Robinson? Yeah, it's going to be Allen Robinson. We talked about this on, on the podcast about a week ago or so. When about a week ago. Said, <laughs> If A-Rob is here in the third round, do you feel comfortable taking him as a wide receiver one? And in that context, we were talking about if we started running back, running back. But here, I went running back tight end, and I still feel super comfortable with A-Rob as my wide receiver one. He's going to get volume. He's going to see you know, 140, 150 targets. The quarterback play should be better this season, whether it's a better Trubisky or Nick Foles. If you haven't checked out that clip, be sure to do so. And, and Allen Robinson here as a wide receiver one isn't a sexy pick. But he should have a super safe floor, and he he should be um, a wide receiver one come season's end, and I think he's going to do it fairly consistent consistently as well. And one thing I am concerned about is I have a long wait before my next pick, so I'm hoping there is some sort of RB2 left on the board for me when I'm back on the clock. Yeah, that's whew, interesting that you didn't go with a, a Gurley or a Fournette or a Gordon there 
Unfortunately, Fournette was taken, wow. so I don't get to scoop up that value. Look wow. at this Steph, receiver run. Steph, after Allen Robinson went Woods, Leonard Fournette, oh. Mike Evans, A.J. Brown, Odell Beckham, Juju, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. And I know who you're going to pick here. We talked about this on the pod as well. If you have the opportunity to start RB, 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 if the board falls to you, would you do it? We both said yes. We said if you start with a stack like a Sanders and Mixon – would you consider a running back in the third round? And here you are at the 311. Todd Gurley is on the board. You can stomach the pick if he, you know, busters out because you have two stud running backs. But if you end up getting the Todd Gurley we all know and love, you could have just won your league in the first three rounds of this draft. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Gurley there. And there's there's two picks until my next one. The team behind me has one running back, one wide receiver. I'm hoping that they don't just double stack wide receivers. And then I get my pick of DJ Moore or Amari Cooper there. So that feels great. I'm going to lock in Gurley right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this Your team is looking nice. Yeah, this, feel, this feels good. And Melvin Gordon wow. went right after me. And then Amari Cooper. So easy decision here. And the, at the early fourth round, I'm getting DJ Moore. We have him in our census rankings. This is making me sick. <laughs> in our census rankings, we have him as the wide receiver 11. He is wide receiver 11 in my rankings. He's going to be, I mean, he's going to eat this year. He's going to be Michael Thomas light, getting plenty of screens, uh, ins, dig routes, uh, you know, just short, easy completions that Teddy Bridgewater can rely upon. And that t team, this Panthers team might be throwing the ball 630 times again uh, with upgrades pretty much all around. So that feels pretty good. Hopefully this, uh, you know, the Joe Brady, Matt Rule tandem That's can keep crazy. it together. So let's, let's go DJ Moore here. So starting triple RB. Grabbing DJ Moore as my wide receiver one. Can't ask for a better draft than this so far. The upside of those running backs is ridiculous. I am a bit jealous of that. That's such an advantage going into the season. I mean, obviously you you don't win your league at your draft, but you certainly can lose it. And I think with those three running backs and then DJ Moore, regardless of what happens in the rest of your draft, you're at least going to have a chance because you have so many studs. I know you well enough, Steph, to know that you're going to piece together hopefully some flyers here in rounds five through nine. And one of my draft strategies this year, I think is to go safety in rounds one through four, get studs, proven commodities that you know with almost complete confidence aren't gonna bust. And if you get four solid staples to your lineup, rounds five through 10, I'm taking flyers. I'm taking upside shots. I'm, I'm swinging for the fences because if you can hit on two or three of those guys, you're going to end up in the playoffs and making a run at a championship. So here I am with Barkley, Kelsey, and A-Rob, three guys that are proven commodities and studs. I can really go any position here. I'd like to go running back. Um, but there's still a couple guys I think could service me as a RB2. And there's one receiver that does stand out to me. It's Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think he's going to see volume there in <laughs> – Seattle another with Mr. Commodity. Unlimited Russell Wilson. Yeah, another proven commodity. That's kind of backing up what I'm saying here a little bit. And I think there is a running back, whether it be Connor, Johnson, Taylor, you know, even Montgomery at an RB2 isn't ideal. I'd love to have those guys as an RB3. Um, but just knowing that I have four proven commodities um, on the rest of my roster, I think I can take the upside shot there. So I'm going to lock, lock in, lock it, as we like to say here. And wow, the one that I really wanted was Jonathan Taylor. And of course, he went off the board. <laughs> Taylor went at the 412 and then Keenan at the 501. You have a very interesting so decision to make between James Conner and David Johnson. I, Paul, oh man, I'd probably go David Johnson, but I'm interested to see where you go. This is tough. I have, 
I have them back to back in my rankings at 23 and 24, <laughs> separated by 0.4 points. But for me, Classic. I think this pick, Steph, comes down to what they're going to do when they're on the field. And part of my projection for James Conner has to do with that injury risk. I didn't project, we don't project by game necessarily, but I projected his numbers assuming he's going to miss some time. And I really think that when he's out on the field, he is going to be a top 20 running back when he plays and when he's healthy, even if he's not the 100% workhorse like we've seen in the past. If he's getting you know, 60 70% of the snaps there, we know he's going to be involved in the receiving game as well. I know what that role looks like for James Conner. So even if he only plays eight games, if I get James Conner for eight games and get a top 20 running back, I think for the other eight games, I can piece together some value at the position later in the draft. Maybe take, you know, uh, if, if I can get a guy like a Raheem Mostert or ideally a David Montgomery, someone that's got secure volume, even James White or Tariq Cohen in a PPR, that's going to be a plug and play DeAndre guy Swift. if I'm going to pinch you to injury or whatever. DeAndre Swift's a little more risky, but I think there's plenty of names there. That, But even Swift, I could take Swift. You know, we both love Ronald Jones. There's plenty of names yeah. that I could piece together week by week. So I'm going to take the risk. We're in round five. I'm going to take the upside play here with James Conner and hope that he can stay healthy this season. It, it all comes together on this show. We, we talk about James Conner on the podcast. We're in a mock draft. Now you're making the James Conner decision. We're giving you guys actionable advice, and then we're taking it ourselves. So that's how you know it's legit. And after you took James Conner, a decent receiver run happened again. Terry McLaurin, Devontae Parker, Cortland Sutton, T.Y. Hilton, Kareem Hunt, Stephon Diggs, and then David Johnson and Devin Singletary at the 5'10 here. So now it's back to me at the 5'11. Let's see who's still on the board. Now I have three running backs of Sanders, Mixon, Gurley. I have one wide receiver, DJ Moore. So trying to eye those receivers. The options here for me are Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, Julian Edelman, Marquise Brown. Just out of curiosity, I'm going to look at some of these other positions here. At running back, it's Mark Ingram, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> Knowing that I went triple RB at the beginning, probably going to wait on running back for a little bit. I am very high on Swift this season and slowly rising as camp reports are, are positive. Um, you know, you only you only believe the camp reports when they affirm your beliefs. Uh, so <laughs> I'm on the hype train exactly. with Swift. Uh, AJ Green's hamstring, I don't believe it. I don't, I'm not believing it till I see it. <laughs> man, that that's the scary thing. And that's what makes AJ Green really scary. I saw a picture of him on the ground, medical staff all around him. It just, it brings back some bad vibes here. Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson are both on the board at quarterback. At tight end, we're looking at Darren Waller, Evan Ingram, and Tyler Higby. I'm going to wait on tight end here. Um, man, where are we? The 5'11". So I actually don't think a Darren Waller would be an awful pick at this point, but I think I'm going to go Tyler Boyd um, just to give me some safety you need a receiver. at wide That's receiver too. Right. And and here's the thing. If AJ Green is on the field, Boyd will be fantastic. <laughs> We've talked about it where, you know, AJ Green is this, uh, he's going to pull the, the number one corners. He's going to open things up uh, for Tyler Boyd underneath. Across the middle of the field, we've seen Boyd. He's a he's a hyper efficient slot receiver that's going to get peppered with. He's targets. good with or without Green. Exactly. He's good with or without him, and now he gets Joe Burrow. Exactly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the trigger on Boyd here. I'm seeing some hype. Double Dinkle in, uh, though. In Cincy. So hey, it's it's all good. I'm not Joe worried Mixon about Mixon and Tyler Boyd. I'm not worried about Mixon. In. And after I took Boyd, so it, it looks was like after Boyd. Brandon Cooks. Go ahead, Brandon Cooks, Darren Waller. <laughs> and I, I called out that Waller value. I knew he was going to go. I was kind of hoping he would fall to me at the 602. Let's see who else is still here. I could grab AJ Green as Dak. well if I wanted to. Dak is very appealing. What pick are we at here? We're at the sixth round. At that point, I mean, 
he's starting to become a value. That, that's more realistic with where I think he should be going. We've seen him go in the fourth and fifth a lot. But sixth, I think he'll probably go before he falls to me. Um, but we'll see. I think I'm going to make a little bit of a controversial pick here. I don't love this wide receiver tier that we're looking at. If I want safety, I'll go Jarvis Landry. But I feel like I just got safety with Boyd. Marquise Brown, I like that as an upside shot to give me some firepower at wide receiver. DeAndre Swift was the controversial pick I, I was considering. I've just been hyping him up. But seeing that Hollywood Brown is there, I've been all over Brown this season. I think he has tremendous upside to explode in this Ravens offense. And he was really good last year. And, you know, granted, he was hurt. He had a nail in his foot all season. He was a rookie getting eased into the offense. I think there's only room for him to go up. He scored on 10% of his targets. I've talked about that time and time again. Incredible efficiency there. If that efficiency can remain, if if he can continue to score, this Ravens offense is great, then I feel great with Brown in that situation. If the Ravens struggle at all, they're in you know more competitive game scripts. Lamar Jackson has to stay out there to the end of the game, actually play the fourth quarter, uh, then even more value <laughs> for Marquise Brown. People don't realize how much Brown was just getting these really, really easy underneath completions all season long. Everyone thinks of him as a field stretcher, but he was used in a lot of different ways. I think the draft pick of Devin Duvernay, um, you know, is, is what they want is more of a go up and get it 50-50 contested catch type of guy. So I'm going to take Hollywood Brown here. Just give me some firepower at wide receiver, knowing that I have two really safe options and more in Boyd. I love that. I love that. And at the time of this recording, Des Bryant is in Baltimore that, that could also the be their contested whether they decide to sign, Whether they decide to sign him or not, I don't think that impacts Hollywood's role all too much. So I love that pick as your wide receiver three with some upside. And after Hollywood, we saw Deshaun Watson, Jarvis Landry, Deontay Johnson creeping up into the Sheesh. sixth round. That's pretty early for, for Deontay Over Johnson. Over A.J. Green. And Dak Prescott, Tyler Higby, Tariq Cohen, Russell Wilson, and A.J. Green almost got back to me. I probably would have taken him there at the back of the sixth. And here we are. Back of the sixth round, there's two guys I really want here. I, I want to get David Montgomery and Julian Edelman, but there's these, you know, team one sniped me last time, so we'll see what happens. I I feel a little bit more worried about James Conner. I actually can't believe David Montgomery got back to me, and I need that volume play with the volatility we could see from Conner with his injuries. I think locking in another running back that's going to see secure volume in David Montgomery it is a really good move here. So I think there's other receivers that I like a little bit later that I could still take as a wide receiver three. But I'm going to go ahead, lock in David Montgomery. Nice. And hope that hope that Julian Edelman doesn't come off the board. <laughs> oh, man. There he goes. Got sniped by team one. After you t- and guess who my other pick would have been at wide receiver staff? <laughs> Had to be Marvin Jones, who is reportedly 100% now. I wasn't even worried about like the health situation at all, but we got the report. He is 100%, so get ready for Marvin Jones. Literally was the wide receiver 11 last year for the first eight weeks, so I love that pick there. Back of the second, or I'm sorry, back of the sixth, um, seventh round. He's that upside league winner at wide receiver that I think both you and I are very high on this season. So now are you looking at, you know, like a Michael Gallup here at your wide receiver three? Maybe a Will Fuller? Is he going to do it? Not Will Fuller. <laughs> I still can't do Will Fuller because there's two guys here that I like a lot more than Fuller. I'm going to take a receiver. It's a tough call because I really wanted Edelman. I've talked about him as being a very stable wide receiver three, someone you can trust, someone you can rely on. But I think Jamison Crowder is right there. Today wow. I actually bumped Jamison Crowder up in my rankings significantly. Denzel Mims has missed some time in camp. 
and Jamison Crowder is really the only proven commodity there. Think about this weird shortened offseason. Mims comes in as a second-round rookie. It might take him some time to get ramped up. Brashad Perriman's coming in as a free agent. We don't know what the rapport is going to be like between he and Sam Darnold. And then also just I think Jamison Crowder is the best wide receiver on this football team. He could push 140 targets this year. I really think he could push 100, you know, 35, 140 targets because we've seen games from him in the past when he's had like 12, 13, 14 receptions. So it's a tough call here because I love Crowder for the floor play, but I also think Michael Gallup has a ton of ups. I love this Cowboys receiving core. I've talked about it a ton. Cooper, Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. I want to come out of the draft with at least one of those guys because I think they're all going to return on value. Gallup can get it done down the field. He can get it done after the catch. And Mike McCarthy came out and said Michael Gallup is a wide receiver one. So go with the upside here because I already have a safe play in Allen Robinson. And I'm going to take the upside of Michael Gallup as my wide receiver. You threw me for a loop there. I thought you were for sure going Crowder. If I would have had a a higher upside wide receiver in my one spot, like if I would have had Amari Cooper instead of Allen Robinson, I think I would have gone with with Jamison Crowder. That's why it always isn't just down to like rankings. It comes down to roster construction and who are your consistent players, who are your upside guys. But because I feel like at the receiver spot, A-Rob and Lockett should be fairly consistent, I think Michael Gallup for an upside play made a little bit more sense for my team. Yeah, Gallup definitely was my pick as well, so I'm glad you went that way. Jamison Crowder actually did make it back to me. Mark Ingram, DeAndre Swift, James White, all still on the board here. Ronald Jones, Cam Akers still on the board here. A lot of good running backs that I'm okay with. Here in the seventh, eighth round, I might scoop one up um, at, at the 802 spot. I got three running backs, three wide receivers. You could go anywhere here. I, I could. Jamison Crowder is there. You know, we just talked about him, but, you know, I, the, the DJ Moore-Tyler Boyd combo is, is a lot of safety built in. So yeah, you don't need Crowder. Yeah, I don't I don't need him. Um, let's see who else is here. At tight end, we have Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, Mike Gusecki. At quarterback, we get Carson Wentz, Drew Brees, Matt Stafford. So I'm okay to wait on quarterback a little bit longer. How would you feel about Evan Ingram at this point in the draft? Back of the seventh, is that a reach? No, I, I think for me, I'm I'm kind of out on Evan Ingram this year, but he consistently is falling to the seventh and eighth round. And for a guy who was going in round four or five last year and proved he was like the number one tight end through five weeks last season, um, before he got hurt. And I know there's been some turnover with Daniel Jones at the quarterback spot and things like that. But I think Evan Ingram, as explosive of a player he is at the tight end position and with the volume he could still be getting in that offense, you know, six, seven targets a game. I think at the back of the seventh round, he's a tremendous value. Steph, I also noticed at the running back spot, we've had so many debates about Mark Ingram this season. I had the hot take early on that he was not a top 30 running back. And right now, there's, you know, 20, he'd be running back 28 off the board. Is he not a screaming value for you? The fact that I went triple RB here, yeah, I feel safe and stable in my running back core with Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, and Todd Gurley. Granted, Todd Gurley does have some baked in health concerns here. Here's what I'm actually going to do. I'll see if Engram falls to me. I'm actually going to grab Swift as a hedge against Todd Gurley. I think Swift is so, so good. I, there's no way Carrion Johnson can hold him off. Carrion already walking around with a brace in camp for what it's worth. I don't know if that's just a 
you know, a normal thing for him or if that's something where he's dealing with something that's going on right now. <laughs> I, I, I'm being straight up. I really it might don't be know. normal for him. It's not normal for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, Ronald Jones right there is pretty appealing, but I just, I love Swift so much. I think he's going to be like the, I think he's going to be this year's Miles Sanders where through the last eight weeks, he's going to be incredible once he beats out carry on for that starting job and carry on, carry on <clears> said <throat> it himself after they took Swift in the draft, like carry on doesn't see himself as the one on this depth chart, he's like, oh, I'm happy to share the load with DeAndre Swift. It's like, whoa, with that mentality, you're definitely going to be beating out when you have DeAndre Swift coming in it's here. It's like, who paid you to say that, Carrion? <laughs> Did Patricia make you do so I'm, that? I'm going to take Swift. We'll see who falls here because I pick again in, uh, after two more picks at this turn. And after I took Swift, it was Drew Brees, Mark Ingram, uh, and now here at the 802, I actually am going to pull the trigger on Evan Ingram. I have never really taken him in any drafts this season. Eighth round. It's a good Early value. eighth round at the 802 spot, grabbing Ingram. That's that's really an upside shot at tight end with some of the, just the volatility here. And I've been preaching grabbing you know two or three tight ends late in your draft and just hoping one of them hits. Uh, I can actually feel comfortable at least to start the season. We'll see how long Ingram can hold up because he has dealt with injury off and on. Here's the thing with Ingram. What's up? Here's the thing with Ingram. You have to be okay with looking at your roster at this point in the draft and saying, I am okay to light this pick on fire and my team will still be okay. And that I'm not necessarily saying that Ingram is lighting your pick on fire. I'm just saying like there's a, a realistic chance where he gets hurt like he has just about every single season or he's not you know, the player of old after the, the foot injury and things like that or there's too many mouths to feed in this offense. You just have to be okay with saying, okay, if Ingram is a total bust, Will I recover? And I think in the eighth round, you're okay to do that, especially looking at the roster you have. You can still take a deep shot on a Mike Gusecki or a TJ Hawkinson or someone later on and take Ingram here, and then you have a double lottery ticket. So I love it. And, you know, if it works out for you, you could actually have a steal here in the eighth round. With all the weapons, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, who we like as a breakout wide receiver this year, even with all those guys on the field, Evan Ingram, was getting 7.6 targets per game last season with a very early season Daniel Jones. So if, if the Daniel Jones breakout happens here, he's uh, Jameis Winston 2.0, like some of us do believe that he can or will be um, as a gunslinger. I, I like Evan Ingram here at this point. If it, It's just an upside shot at tight end. I'm going to hedge against that and grab another name later, maybe a, a Mike Isicki, Noah Fant, Hawkinson, somebody like that. Uh, but let's go ahead and pull the trigger here on Evan Ingram and then see what happens with you at the 8-11 with your next pick. After Ingram, it was James White, Henry Ruggs. Interesting pick on Ruggs there. That's a, that's a league-winning pick that this guy's making. He has Darius Slayton as well. So going for some upside He's shots climbing. at wide receiver. I don't know, man. I There's so many different ranges of outcomes for Henry Ruggs. Like He could be the focal point of this offense and just get – 120 yeah, eighth round, I'm like, not touching him. He should not be going in front of Jamison Crowder or Ronald Jones. <laughs> no way. Uh, well, after Ruggs, it was Keyshawn Vaughn, ew, Christian Kirk, Ronald Jones at the 807, uh, John Brown at the 808, Jamison Crowder, then Cam Akers. So, again, you at the 811. Right now on your roster, you have Saquon Barkley, James Conner, and David Montgomery at the running back spot. Allen Robinson, Tyler Lockett, and Michael Gallup at wide receiver. And you already grabbed Travis Kelsey there at the back of the second for your tight end. So where are you going here with this pick? I'm really bummed. I wanted Jones to fall to me as my RB4. As an RB4, that is a home run pick every single time. And now looking at the board with running backs, there's no one that really stands out to me. I mean, Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, our floor plays. 
J.K. Dobbins could be an interesting upside play there in Baltimore, but there's a lot of uncertainty. So I think I'm going to actually go the other way. There's a couple names I like at receiver. Anthony Miller's there, but I have Allen Robinson, so I don't want to double up on Bears, and I have David Montgomery. (laughs) And then we've talked about how both of us are out on Emmanuel Sanders as well. So two guys really stand out to me, uh, C.D. Lamb and Golden Tate. I know I already do have Michael Gallup. Um but I think I'm going to go ahead. Oh, this is tough. I want Lamb, but it just doesn't make sense to take him with Michael Gallup. You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to do a complete <laughs> pivot here, and I'm going to lock in Hayden Hurst at the tight end position. I know I have wow. Kelsey, but I think the role for the tight end in Atlanta is going to be massive, similar to what it was with Austin. I don't think anyone is saying that Austin Hooper is the best tight end in the league, and he was the tight end one before his injury last season. Put in a tight end that I think is better at pass catching than Austin Hooper in Hayden Hurst. If that role can be anywhere close to what it was last season, Hurst is a huge value here in the back of what the eighth round. So I'm going to lock in Hurst. I know I have Kelsey, but who knows? Maybe Hurst could have flex appeal for me down the line. And if Hurst does break out, like I think he's going to, I could have a massive trade chip in my league at the tight end position. So I know I already have Kelsey and this could be you know, a risky pick here, a controversial pick, but I have three running backs, three wide receivers. I'm feeling very solid at both positions. And I'm going to lock in what I believe is a value in Hayden Hurst. I really believe in the breakout for him this year. Hey, shoot or shoot. You definitely put up your shot there. you, You know, I'm not huge on that pick, but I see where your mindset is going with this. And after Hurst, it was carry on and Gronk. So now 902 here. Are you looking for a fourth running back at the 902 Again, you only have Saquon, Connor, and Montgomery. I'd feel a little bit shaky there. Is that is that where you're going with this next one? Seeing, you know, Matt Breda, yeah. J.K. Dobbins, Tevin Coleman. If I didn't have Gallup, I think I would have locked in C.D. Lamb with my last pick. But because of that, I'm kind of going to steer away from the receiver spot. I'm going to lock in another running back. Someone who I think is going to get volume. I'm just going to go with Jordan Howard. He should see a ton of carries in Miami. He's been effective every time he's been a starting running back in the league. No, I don't think he has RB1 upside this season, but he should have RB2 appeal. And knowing I have James Conner, I know I did draft David Montgomery for more of a volume play, but just (laughs) Conner is very sketchy. And when he doesn't play, I'm going to want some options. So I'm going to go ahead and lock in Jordan Howard just to give me some more depth at the position. Interesting uh, fade on Dobbins there. I I thought you might have brought him up. Uh, Are you calling – and you're down on Ingram, so – you know, what, what is that an indictment of? Are you just worried about the, the rookie buildup this season? Nothing against Dobbins at all. I, I like the upside of Dobbins quite a bit. But, you know, if this was you, like I think it could make sense for you to take Dobbins because you have Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, Todd Gurley, DeAndre Swift locked in. So the upside shot's not costing you anything. For me, my depth is a little shaky, and Dobbins could either not really get ramped up at all this season or it could take him quite a while And if James Conner deals with some sort of injury and I'm sitting with Saquon, David Montgomery, and J.K. Dobbins, I I don't feel good about that. So I just needed more depth at the position. If I had a different roster construction, I would have been much more inclined to take Dobbins there. After after Jordan Howard went Jerry Judy, Emmanuel Sanders, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, Matt Breida, Mike Williams, C.D. Lamb, Phillip Lindsay. So a little rookie receiver run there. Four of rookie receivers went there um, in between our picks, all first-round guys, but out of all the rookie wide receivers, Ragor is probably moved up into the number one for me just for, for 2020. Um, I like Ragor a lot. I was hoping he would fall to me here at the 9-11 spot. He has insane upside, dude. He's he's so good. 
Um, <laughs> J.K. Dobbins still there. Tevin Coleman, again, not really looking at, at running back at this point because I got four of them. I only have three wide receivers. Would like to add another one here, but I'm kind of in this gross tier. Like, I'm not super high on Anthony Miller. I'm not super high on Golden Tate. I'm not – I'm skeptical on Preston Williams coming off the ACL tear last season. Usually takes about a year and a half, uh, maybe a year at best to fully recover from an ACL tear. So – I don't know. I'm kind of discounting him this season. Nikhil Harry is an interesting name here. But look, I'm I'm going to go ahead and actually lock up my guy. Some of you guys may call this a reach, um, but I feel good enough to, to take later shots at all of these different uh, running back wide receiver tight end spots. And I'm going to take the upside shot early on Cam Newton, and I'm going to secure that massive upside at my QB position. Whoa. Net Newton. Dude, you could wait. You could wait for I, I don't care. I, I don't care about the ADP. I don't care about the rankings. I don't care about fantasy pros, experts. All I care about is getting Cam Newton as my quarterback here in the, what is this, back of the ninth round. I know I could probably wait, but I'd rather just have this. Dude, you could just snag Dobbins and take Newton. Oh, man. I could, but I'm, I'm not going to do it, man. I, I just want to secure Newton here. And Carson Wentz is there. I do like Wentz this season. Right. I think he will improve. I'm He's going to have better weapons, but. Dude, Newton, everything we've ever seen about Newton on a football field is that he's insane. And I think in these rankings, he's going he, like quarterback 16. That's just silly to me. He should be on the fringe of a one at least. I, I put him in that 11, 12, 13 range. So I'm going to grab Newton to me at this pick based on my rankings. I don't know, man. Mason Rudolph is on the board. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Well, I'm going to grab Newton here. And uh, after I grab Newton, there goes J.K. Dobbins. There goes the 49ers defense. Uh, so if I reached on Newton, there's even a bigger reach. And then now it's at the 10.02. Again, looking at wide receiver here just because I need one. It's, man, I, I hate this tier of wide receivers. Steph, I got a quick trivia game for you. All right, what's up? You ready for this? Who averaged more points per game last season? Golden Tate or... Terry McLaurin in full PPR. I feel like you're only asking me this because it's Golden Tate, and that's awful. It's Golden Tate. <laughs> Golden Tate or Odell Beckham Jr.? Stop. This hurts me. Don't say this. I'm a Browns fan, man. You can't do that. That one's Golden Tate. <laughs> oh my so, dude, Golden Tate played 11 <laughs> games last year, averaged 13.8 fantasy points per game. That was a higher per game average in PPR than Terry McLaurin. A.J. Brown, Odell Beckham, Debo Samuel, T.Y. No. Hilton, Jamison Crowder. Yes, D.K. Metcalf, Adam Thielen. Like the, it's a thick list, and he was only .1 points behind your boy, Cortland Sutton, wow. and Tyler Boyd. So Golden Tate sitting here on the board being criminally undervalued, and we think of him as a high floor play, but Golden Tate is still getting it done. And I've, I've been scooping him up just about everywhere. I think he still has some upside as well. He had some pretty big games last season. He had a two-touchdown game, um, had a game with over 100 yards and a touchdown. So I think Golden Tate actually could be a pretty good wide receiver four for you here. That's actually a really strong case. I am going to go with Tate. I am going to go with Tate. And here's the thing, you know, part of that with Tate, like, yes, he's a proven veteran, well-paid slot receiver in the NFL. It, part of that last season, though, was Ingram being out, Shepard being out, and he really had to take over there. It was, it was him and Darius Slayton, essentially, and then uh, you know a bunch of names here and there that um, I don't think we've heard from again. So I'll, I will take Tate. You made a, a compelling enough case. 
really this are, these are all dart, dart throws at this point tate is probably the one proven commodity out of all the names that that are here that's probably why we've been calling him a four floor play but he's really not uh so i will take tate there not in love with that pick but you're not really going to be in love with anybody here uh at the 1002 um it's probably getting close to handcuff time i don't know if i really have one outside of boston scott with miles sanders and after i took tate it was anthony miller mccall hardman zach moss brashad perriman uh again back to that denzel mims being out perriman's a very interesting flyer name he went here very early at the 1006 tevin coleman after him, Marlon Mack, Mike Isicki, Boston Scott. Oh, that hurts as the Sanders owner. Looks like I'll be handcuffing somebody else's RB1. And now back to you at the 10-11. Who are you looking at here with this next pick? I'm guessing it's receiver because you only have three of them. Um, and you have four running backs. Yep. Well, first things first, I'm going to go ahead and lock in Carson Wentz as my quarterback pick here. Um, that's just a tremendous value here in the back of the 10th round. That feels like a steal. And that's why you wait on quarterback. Carson Wentz is consistently falling in drafts. I mean, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, we've seen fall in drafts several times. And even if you don't get those guys, Steph took Cam Newton already, but he's consistently available in the late double-digit rounds. Stafford, Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Big Ben, they're all on the board. So it feels good to lock up Wentz. And then you're right, I am going to go with the receiver here. Not really in love with any of the names um, at the receiver position, but I'm going to take a bit of a gamble here. I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. I mean, everything at this point is a bit of a deep shot. But Ayuk is in a very unique situation in San Francisco. Yes, he's a rookie um, in a weird COVID year with a condensed offseason and things like that. But you just look at what's happened with this 49ers team. Debo Samuel's probably not going to be ready for week one. Travis Benjamin opted out. Um, they trade Marquise Goodwin to Philly in the offseason during the draft. Now Jalen Hurd is out for the season. So there's just, I mean, they're depleted. Their receiving core is absolutely depleted. Ayuk's going to be in a really unique position to get a lot of snaps early on. And even if there's some growing pains when he's on the field, he should be on the field. So I'm going to go ahead and lock up Ayuk here as my wide receiver four and hope that he gives me some value this year. He is the most slept on first round wide receiver out of the 2020 draft. It's, it's crazy how much he's being slept on. He's not being talked about. And I, at all. I don't want to overvalue the draft capital, but it is crazy that you know we look at like like I just told you, Regor is my one. I'd probably have Justin Jefferson up there, um, and Ayuk is quietly sitting there late in drafts. You can scoop him up, and now he's found himself into a, a much better opportunity. And wow, one of my picks. Um, I was hoping that he'd fall. I mean, in the 13th, 14th, Damian Harris was just sniped from me at the 11, 10. So somebody took a big reach on Harris, Whoa. full steam ahead on Harris with, uh, you know, Lamar Miller being signed and then immediately put on the pup, you know, Sony Michelle looking not ready for week one. So it looks like it's going to be the Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead, James White show in new England. After you took Ayuk, it was the Steelers defense, Latavius Murray, four tight ends all went Jared Cook, Austin Hooper, Noah Fant. TJ Hawkinson, uh, Preston Williams is in there as well. So now to me at the 11-11, really trying to take some uh, handcuff running backs, some deep shot wide receivers. I already have uh, a tight end uh, and a quarterback. So you know, unless I'm taking a deep shot like a Johnny Smith, something like that in the later rounds, probably not looking at either of those positions. And I'm going to reach in my bag here and grab a handcuff as I did not get Boston Scott for Miles Sanders. I think Boston Scott actually will have some PPR value on his own, especially as we get deeper into the season. You need to plug in names for bye weeks, things of that nature. I'm actually going to grab Tony Pollard here. It's just the handcuff to Zeke. If something were to happen to him, then I immediately get an RB, a fringe RB1, high-end RB2 that I can plug in on a weekly basis. It's a depth play. It's an upside play. 
I'm kind of liking this idea of just grabbing everybody else's handcuffs in the later rounds. Might be able to even get, you know, Chase Edmonds, Justin Jackson, maybe Alexander Madison on the turnaround. I have cooled on Alexander Madison. I know we've been all over him uh, this season, but I mean, last year, Mike Boone was the one who was getting plugged in sometimes when, uh, when Cook was out and, you know, Madison's had his own health issues. But after I took Pollard, it was Robbie Anderson, Sony Michelle here at the 1202, this is probably my last running back if I do take one. And a guy I've been very interested in this season is Chase Edmonds. I think he could get more volume than we want him to. And again, same type of situation. If Kenyon Drake goes down, something were to happen in this weird COVID season. Now I got Chase Edmonds there as a you know fringe RB1 that I can plug in on a weekly basis. Everything we've seen from Chase Edmonds, though it was a limited sample size, is that he is hyper-efficient, a great player. So I'm just going to take that upside shot here. Super late in my draft and probably cool it on the running back spot. I love those two picks, Steph. I mean, you 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 locked in the high upside late in drafts. Like whoever picked Sony Michelle before you just lit their pick <laughs> on fire, where you took a guy that could actually help you win a league. I love it. And after Edmonds, when Alshon Jeffrey, Daryl Henderson, Duke Johnson, Alexander Madison, Naheem Hines, Adrian Peterson, Justin Jackson, and AJ Dillon. So I'm here at the 12-11, and I think I still want another running back. I have four running backs and four wide receivers. Um, so I could really go either way. I could go running back or wide receiver here. I think I'm actually going to go with James Washington at the wide receiver position. Steph, I've talked to you about him yeah. a lot as someone I love taking in the last round or second to last round um, or, you know, last bench spot or second to last bench spot as someone who has upside. I don't think Washington's gotten really a fair chance. I mean, his rookie year, he was buried on the depth chart behind <laughs> Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. And then last season, he had the Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges experience. And last year, people don't realize it, all the hype's around Deontay Johnson, and, and rightfully so. But James Washington led the Steelers in receiving yards last year. He was top 10 in the NFL in yards per catch, and he's a guy who can get it done downfield. If Big Ben comes back and locks in on James Washington and he gets the snaps and the targets on the outside, no reason to believe he couldn't return on this ADP here in what the, you know, 11th, 12th round. Back so the 12th. I'm going to lock in James Washington. And if he comes out week one or two and he's not getting the snaps, he's not getting the targets, I'll cut him for the new hotness. But why not take a shot on him here and see if he's out there early and you beat everybody else to the waiver wire. Nice. After Washington, it was Chris Thompson and Michael Pittman. Back to you again at the 1302. Two more picks for you here. One of those I'm presuming is going to be a defense. We could talk about some streaming defenses once we get there in that last round. Uh, are you looking at another deep wide receiver shot? Maybe an upside shot at, at quarterback? Where are you going with this one? I'm not in love with any of the handcuff running backs at this point. I probably should have taken one last round if I wanted to go that route. So I'm just going to take an upside quarterback here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and lock in Danny Dimes. You know I'm big on Danny Dimes this season. He was on pace last year for 4,000 yards and 32 touchdowns. Um, that was a 16-game pace. So if he can cut the fumbles, if his weapons can stay healthy, I think Daniel Jones has a ton of upside. You know, he only had 12 starts last year, and he was a top-two quarterback on the week in four of them. So he's got the potential um, to do it. And if he can string together more good performances and maybe brace his floor a little bit, I think Danny Dimes could be a, a league winner. And he has a very interesting um... – you know, rushing baseline as well. That that's pretty appealing. Uh, that a lot of people don't talk about. So no, I, I love that Danny Dimes pick as the upside For shot. Sure. And you know, something I want to note here is you know, people might be thinking, why did he take Daniel Jones over Matthew Stafford? And it's it's all for that upside. What you want in a redraft upside. league late 
is upside. You want a guy who can finish as literally the one at the position. If he sucks, you just cut him, you move on, you plug somebody else in from the waiver wire, package them in a trade deal, something like that. And after you took Danny Dimes, it was Alan Lazard, Jack Doyle, Dallas Goddard, Nikhil Harry, Johnu Smith taken at the 1307. I was hoping he would fall here as Dang. an upside shot that I could pair with Evan Ingram, probably looking at a name like a, an Ian Thomas or something like that at this point, maybe a Blake Jarwin. Your boy Blake Jarwin is yeah, there. Yeah, I'll probably end up scooping him up. Aaron Rodgers was also taken. Carlos Hyde, Joshua Kelly. So both Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly, who we just talked about on last week's podcast, uh, were, were just taken here in the last two rounds. I'm surprised both were taken. Uh, and I am going to go with Blake Jarwin. Um, he's a guy that I've picked up in a lot of places, a guy I've been very high on this season. You know, we've we've talked about that the vacated targets. It's the most common stat I think this season is the vacated targets from Randall Cobb and Jason Witten last season. If Witten was able to get it done, literally was a, a tight end one last season. I believe he was the tight end 12 in PPR leagues, four touchdowns to Blake Jarwin's three. So Jarwin already almost had more touchdowns than him, and that wasn't his main utility, whereas Witten was fall over into the end zone as soon as he got the ball. So I'm going to take Blake Jarwin there. For the opportunity more than anything else uh, in a what should be a high-flying Cowboys offense. Um, you know, we just saw Gerald McCoy. Heart goes out to him. He, he's going to be out for the season. The The Cowboys actually ended up cutting him. He will get $3 million, um, from That's brutal. I saw that. That's it, it, it was a gruesome injury That's as well. It, it was really tough to see. Uh, but he did get, you know, he gets to walk away with $3 million and not play a season. So I'm not going to cry over him too much. I uh, hope he can make it back. But I'll take Blake Jarwin here. And now last pick, I will go with a defense. I'll play it right. If Guys, make sure you check before your draft starts. See if you, you actually have to pick a defense or maybe even a kicker if your league has one and see if you can just stack up on these names. We see last minute every single season. We're seeing it right now, probably as you're watching this. You go on Roto World and find guys who just got injured and are missing time. So there's opportunity to grab really deep names, guys that might be thrust into positions that are extremely valuable right up until week one starts. And there's streaming defenses that you can pick up more than likely. Uh, I'm going to pick a defense here just to play it like we have to. How much are you really deliberating between these defenses? So for you, this is actually very interesting because the Niners and Steelers are off the board. Those are probably the two elite defenses. And the Ravens and, Ravens and Bills are up there as well. So at this point, I mean, you kind of have your pick of whatever defense you want. Are you going to go with someone like the Ravens or Bills who are more elite? Or are you actually going to go the other way and try to focus on you know streaming a defense right out the gate? Because I know if, if, like, my pick, I'm going to look at the best streaming option because I'm going to end up with one of the last defenses. But in this situation, you have the chance to lock up a, a better defense here. So I'm I'm looking at some schedules here on the fly. The Ravens, they do have the Browns in week one, but then it's Texans, Chiefs. Doesn't feel great, though, when you do get into those fly high, you know, high-flying matchups, there are situations where, you know, there's more, um, uh, you know, possibilities of sacks, interceptions, Things like that. I am just going to go with what the consensus rankings say. I will just take the Ravens. Don't love that those matchups there, but I feel confident enough that no need to overthink. Yeah, it, they're streaming though. options, whatever. We know the Ravens' defense is great. They were great last season. So uh, and they upgraded. They brought in Calais Campbell, so that feels good. Awesome. So I'm going to make this quick. I'm just going to take. Oh, I was going to take the Colts, and they were gone. I, I'll take yep. the Eagles. They have the Washington team week one, so that's a smash pick for me. Should be a really good matchup there. And that should wrap things up. Nice, nice. Let's take a look at these rosters, see how things Whoa, ended up. My grade was great. 
<laughs> Thank you. Dude, I'll, I'll tell you the trick to getting a good grade on the Fantasy Pros Mock Draft Simulator. Take an early it's just tight grab end. Travis Kelsey. It's like a guarantee you'll get like a 95 or better. Uh, so don't put too much stock into those guys. Let's take a look at your roster first. You got Carson Wentz at quarterback with Daniel Jones stashed away on your bench as the upside shot to pair with Wentz. So I like that Wentz-Jones combo. Jones has a tough early season schedule, but you'll have Wentz to plug in there in those spots. Uh, you had Saquon Barkley, James Conner, David Montgomery, and Jordan Howard at running back. At wide receiver, Allen Robinson, Tyler Lockett, Michael Gallup, Brandon Ayuk, and James Washington. At the tight end spot, you're actually pretty loaded at tight end. Travis Kelsey and Hayden Hurst, and then Eagles defense. If you had to change one thing, Alex, if you had to poke holes in your draft spots here, uh, is there something that you would change or do differently going forward? The only thing I would change is preventing Team 1 from taking Jonathan Taylor in front of me <laughs> so I could have him instead of James Conner. <laughs> yeah, that'd probably feel a lot better to have Saquon and JT stacked up there. But no, all in all, I, f- I feel great about the squad. I really do. I-, I like the running backs. I like the upside. I think there's decent depth as well, and then I'm going to be winning each week at the tight end position. Um, so I'm a fan of this one. Steph, what about you? You're I-, I like your squad a lot with those three running backs. It's dangerous. Would you change anything about your draft? You know, maybe some of those wide receivers decisions, not feeling great about Evan Ingram, but in this one, tight ends did go a little bit early. Like John, who got sniped for me, Fant, Hawkinson, all those guys got sniped for me. So I would have had to reach regardless. So knowing that I did have to reach, knowing that I also ended up getting Blake Jarwin, who I like as an upside shot this year, it's not the end of the world. That'd probably be the one thing I'd change. Um, I don't have a ton of firepower at wide receiver. Pretty safe names with DJ Moore and Tyler Boyd as my one and two. Then Hollywood Brown and Golden Tate there on my bench. But my running back position is just insane. I got Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, Todd Gurley, DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard, and Chase Edmonds. That's how you do it right there at the that RB position. That's pro- This is probably my favorite purely just off, off the running backs. This is my favorite mock that we have done. Um, and then Cam Newton there for all the upside at quarterback. Otherwise, I'll stream a name like a Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, Kirk Cousins, you know, all those names that, that we love there at the end of drafts. Um, probably not much I would change on this one other than, than maybe the Ingram pick and just gone with an upside wide receiver at that point. Um, not sure who was there. Let me see. So I could have grabbed a Henry Ruggs, a Christian Kirk. Uh, I'm not too high on Kirk this season. He probably would be the smart choice to make there's the upside shot uh, or Henry Ruggs. That might have been the only thing that I would change. Grab a tight end later. I know I reached on Newton, but to me, that was not a reach. So I don't care about you fantasy pros, experts. Um, I'm going with my team, and I feel really good about this <laughs> roster, man. Um, what, a, what a mock. That was a fun one. That was great. Glad the mic held out for us, <laughs> Steph. It, we made it. We made it. Well, guys, thank you all so much for listening and watching. If you like the show, please give us a sub on YouTube. Making a massive push right now. Hot, trying to hit 1,000 before the season starts. I'm so hyped, man. We're, we're so close to football. Hard Knocks is coming out. Anything else to, to drop here before we sign off? No, Steph. I would just repeat your statement. If you found any value here at all, hit that subscribe button. We're not stopping after draft season. We're going to keep this rolling through the season, helping you win week in and week out. So a like and subscribing to the channel always goes a super long way. And we cannot wait for football to begin. I am so freaking excited. Steph and I draft this weekend for our longest running home league. So it's on. It's, it's a fun time of the year. It's on. It's on. Well, thank you all so much for listening and watching again. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.